0: Hi, my name is Joe Munners and I'm doing the paper of the week this week. Uh, and this is all about um, thinking about how we create value in healthcare, particularly complex healthcare. The paper is an interesting way of thinking about different models of healthcare and how that could create value. It's an interesting uh, area because a lot of people tend to talk about creating value in healthcare in terms of efficiency and particularly thinking about how we make cars or how we run efficient supermarkets, that it's simply a case of putting your inputs into one end of the box and getting your outputs out of the other and the efficiency of doing that is, is the value. But we know that healthcare is different to this, healthcare is more complex, we're dealing with patients. And we're dealing with patients who are having increasingly complex problems and having to be dealt with by increasingly complicated teams. So the analogy of the the healthcare being like a factory, if it was ever true, is becoming less and less relevant. So how do we create value in healthcare? And by value, just to check in, we're talking about getting better outcomes that matter for patients and populations with the resources that are available. Sometimes that can be confused with efficiency, which is producing a better result from resources by looking at the inputs and the outputs. But that doesn't really tell you about what the inputs and the outputs should be. So value is is a a much more sophisticated way of thinking about this. The authors of the paper look at three different models. The first one they think about is the, the value shop the second one is the value chain and then the third one they introduce which is uh, a 21st century solution to creating value is the value network so the first one the value shop is is still a useful model for thinking about healthcare this is the idea that healthcare is a bit like a shop where the customer who is the patient goes into the shop sees the man who's in the shop or the woman and they solve a problem together and come out with the solution so this works reasonably well for relatively simple problems that can be dealt with on a one-to-one basis. But the, the benefit of this is, is simplicity and efficiency. But the disadvantage is that a lot of problems now cannot be solved by one person. And the concept of person-centered care means that the person needs to be much more involved in this. So the concept of a shop is slightly outdated. But if you've got a complicated problem and one example that's used in the paper is uh, renal dialysis patients you need to have a team approach so you need to think a bit wider than than simply a shop uh, the second example is the value chain now, the value chain is is more analogous to the, the traditional process efficiency and say car factories this is about how you could standardise and improve the efficiency of a single process, such as uh, fixing a hip. And this works reasonably well for this very limited type of example, which is that you can have a clear input, a set of pretty clear standards and processes, and that, that then could result in, in better efficiency that doesn't tell you much about the rest of the pathway doesn't really tell you about what happens outside it doesn't really tell you about what the thing that matters most to a person is and it is limited again it's limited and also there is a risk of unintended consequences if it's just if we just focus on the specific process and pathway but don't think about the overall health of a person or a population, you can end up by making a very efficient process but doing the wrong thing or creating a problem somewhere else in the health system. This approach is, and probably the, the previous approach, is mainly driven by cost and efficiency and savings, which is not the best way to uh, manage health services. In the paper, they are very specific that that sort of approach can often alienate clinicians who are um, pretty much discouraged by talk of savings and efficiencies. So the third approach, which is a interesting and sophisticated one, is the idea of value networks. This, these are networks of professionals, institutions and patients that are brought together to solve more complex and enduring health problems. In these networks, they are described as being made up of actors, and the actors are the individuals and the individual institutions, so professionals, patients, institutions. The commons, which is the platform and arena where the actors share their resource and communication. And the third part is the infrastructure, which is the protocols and the processes that that actually support those actors networking together around the, the commons. These networks can develop organically, but in good healthcare systems, They are encouraged and supported by institutions and the leaders of those institutions. And in the paper, there's a a lot of examples about how leaders can enable these networks to form, to encourage them to thrive, but also ways that they could actually create barriers themselves. Elements that are needed to create a thriving and healthy network are proper financial incentives, incentives through work, so everybody in the network needs to be going in the same direction, trying to deliver the same outcomes. They need to be aligned and not contradictory. There needs to be really good communication, so improved infrastructure and uh, technology. There needs to be fairly consistent methods and processes so that everybody knows uh, they're doing roughly the same sort of procedures and that, yeah, the technology needs to be pretty spot on. The example that's used, well, there's two examples. The first example is uh, is a network of renal dialysis in Sweden and what's quite nice about this is it's very patient-focused, very patient-centred uh, and by introducing the patients fully into these networks the professional acts as an enabler and a catalyst but the patient is still in control and it also enables some patients to be very in control for example letting themselves in and out of dialysis and the, the only role for the professional is to put the uh, the needle in to other patients who need a lot more input and support and who are not able to do these things for themselves. The network gives flexibility, whereas a value shop or a value chain doesn't really have that sort of flexibility. The second example is a network of patients in Cincinnati with Crohn's disease. And uh, again, it's very much focused on the needs of the patients and the involvement. uh, Peer champions, patients who can actually support other patients, parents who can support with the parents as well, which is all part of a good network. One of the really nice things about this model is that it thinks about scarcity in a different way. By doing things as we always have done, scarcity is almost built into our system, whereas the network approach unlocks a lot more resource by, by making professionals connect together. So it's bringing in different expertise and understanding from... Potentially across countries, uh, and also bringing in a lot of resource from patients, enabling them to be involved in the network and add so they can add their own value. So the whole the whole concept is that this this sort of approach can actually create value, can create resource as well as using it, which is I think is a really quite interesting and healthy way of thinking about this. The other really positive part of this is this system is a non hierarchical system. It doesn't really go with a 20th century bureaucratic and hierarchical type of way of organising healthcare. It's much more about a, uh, an equal and uh, patient-focused uh, system that enables people to actually participate uh, as equals effectively. So overall, it's, it's a really interesting model and one that I think adds a lot to our understanding about how to create value. If you want to stay informed about important developments in value based healthcare, you can subscribe by joining our mailing list at www.3vh.org.